This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. And now, Christ in Pop Culture presents Persuasion with Aaron Straza and Hannah Anderson. Hello, everyone. I'm Aaron Straza, and with me is Hannah Anderson. We're your hosts for Persuasion, the place where fine ladies, rational minds, and the best kind of company gather to discuss all sorts of ideas and issues. Now, somehow summer has come and gone, and we do hope that you all have had a good one, a full one, full of whatever makes summer seem like summer. I always think of that, Hannah, like, what does summer mean? So I was thinking about what is it? What what are the pieces of summer for you that make summer feel like summer? Do you have things that you do every summer that just make it feel like the season? Well, I think, I know it's going to sound weird, but like canning does. because yeah, that, I wondered about that. That for you, was my summer growing up. And so uh-huh. I think I mentioned that we didn't actually do a garden this year. Um, yes. But that didn't stop us from canning. Um, <laughs> we got apples and tomatoes. And um, there are some of our plants. Um, we have some fruit trees that will produce regardless um, of whether we have, you know, they, they produce every year. So we got grape jelly right. and we had some peaches. So it was enough to feel like, okay, this is still summer. So I, mm-hmm. one of the things I do during the summer a couple of times um, is when the fruit comes in, we'll have like peach cobbler for dinner or we'll oh, have the that's awesome. pie for dinner. And so getting to do that felt like, all right, this is summer. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like there are these activities or these things that can only happen in summer because they're seasonal or because schedules shift. There's more daylight. I don't know, whatever it would be. Um, it, it just seems to make it feel like that season. And for me, I, I always think of sitting on our front porch. We have these little porch chairs and we sit out front all the time. Like I sit out there in the morning to read and to journal. And then we sit out there very often to eat dinner or just to get out of the house until it's dark and the mosquitoes are eating us alive. Um, but but besides that, I, I think the one thing that I always think of with summer is reading. Even though I probably don't read more in the summer than any other time of year, I just always associate summer with reading, probably because as a kid, it was always like summer reading programs right. and you got to keep up with whatever reading is on the list. And so I always associate summer with reading and I love thinking through, oh, what books do I want to tackle over the summer? And so I will say for me, that, I would say reading. Yeah, I will say that my reading habits tend to change over any time that my brain says this is vacation. So summer mm. has that feel to it still for us because we have kids at home. And right. so like I will gravitate more toward fiction. Like I'll give myself permission. Like now you can read a fiction book. <laughs> And I think you can let loose yeah. and read some fiction. Um, and I think some of that 
also is because you tend to go away. You know, if you're on yeah. vacation or you take a book with you and you've given yourself permission to read what you actually want to read, not what you're supposed to read. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Well, our listeners may not know, but hey, everybody, Hannah and I actually got to see each other face to face and it was wonderful. Hannah, we I loved did. being able to vacation with you and we did read and we puzzled. We did. I mean, that was glorious. There were just so many great things, but I feel like that too is a good summer thing, getting away and doing something different. And we did some exploring and resting and laughing and it, it yeah, was just so great. I, I do feel bad that everyone couldn't go with us, <laughs> but we just <laughs> couldn't find a house big enough. Like, no. I mean, if we were going to bring all the listeners, bring everybody, um, like we would have had to rent out the whole island that we went to. So I, right, right, right. Was, I mean, no, no offense to anybody. It just wasn't feasible. So <laughs> <laughs> and but we did think about all of you listeners out there. We we considered recording, but then that would have meant like packing up equipment yeah. and being really serious as we are here on this podcast. And so that didn't happen over vacation. But we did think about it and we did um do some persuasion like dreaming and thinking mm -hmm. ahead and that brings us here to fall we're here at fall already and that means our fall series usually every fall we have a lengthier meatier fall series discussion and here we are we're ready to kick that thing off we are and i think what i'm most excited about this fall is that we are going to kind of lean into something that we all love and i think our listeners love and that is reading and books mm -hmm. And as you were just talking about, you know, our chance to get away, it occurred to me that we visited where we stayed um, was Shinkatik Island, which is related to a book. Um, and I wonder if like I can't escape books, right? Even when I go on vacation, right. I'm like, right. what book is associated with this place? <laughs> and no, I can't go if there isn't a book attached to it. So um, the Misty of Shinkatik series. Um, by Marguerite Henry is associated with this um, island that my family's gone to um, and you guys joined us at. So it's it's just fascinating how like my life, I can't escape books and reading, but for all of that, I tend to have a little bit of insecurity with it too, to be honest. Because why? Well, because I feel like maybe I haven't read enough books. Uh, oh, yeah. There, there is some unfortunate shame that comes when you realize that you haven't read the books that other people have read. It's like you feel sort of left out when people are like, oh, I've read this and I've read that. And you're thinking, oh, I didn't read that one. And so then you feel a little bit almost ashamed like you haven't um, read enough or you read the wrong books or right. maybe your knowledge isn't complete. Um, I have that. I mean... I, I was trying to think through, like, what books have you been shamed for not reading? Oh, well, and well readers, I have to say There are plenty this. of those. Readers don't shame, like, directly. Like, people who read books <laughs> it's are slightly more passive-aggressive. <laughs> yes. And and we all know the subtext, though. Like, like yeah. I have a friend, and, and he's he, does, he means nothing by it, but he regularly says to me, hey, have you read... And then he'll name some obscure book, and obviously I haven't read it. And and we, we play this game, and every time it's like, every time I talk to him, have you read? And I stopped him at one point, because I was just feeling like really insecure, and I said to him, look, the answer is always no. 
any book that you say, have you read? The answer is going to be no. So just stop before you ask it and say, no, she hasn't read this. <laughs> now, is it giving you more credit? Does he think that, oh, she's probably read this, so I must check? Yeah, I think that, like, I think he assumes I've read this. He assumes. And, and that's that the other read. thing. I, I feel this kind of imposter syndrome being yeah. a person who works in writing and in words mm-hmm. and you're in the same place you know you, yep. you edit and you're an author and there's always this author writers are readers yeah and so i feel like there's a sense of which ah you all think i read more than i do and right. now i have to keep up appearances um <laughs> yeah but well and i think that most of us gravitate towards certain types of books or certain authors or or I don't even know if it's um, maybe certain eras, like you're drawn to certain types of books and the assumption that if you are a reader, then you've read everything. I mean, we we don't have time for all of that. And I have had people mention books and I think, I don't even know who that is or what that book is. I've never even heard of it. And then you do feel bad, like, oh, you thought I was this person and now I've let you down because that is not who I am. Right. And there's (laughs) this excess. Yeah. There's this exponential feature to publishing, right, that you're still trying to catch up on thousands of years of writing. And yet every year they put more books out that you're supposed to read. And I think we should just like call a time, like a pause, a moratorium. (laughs) Let's all get caught up and then we can start again. Yeah, I, I that's hard for me because I love reading so much and I I really do want to read all the books. Like I really do. I would love to just read and read and read and I've I've taken trips where I've done that where I seriously will read almost all day long for 7 days straight and I love it. But then at the end that's still only like 10 to 12 books. And how many books are released every year? So many books. Like, there's no way to catch up. Right. But here's this other question, because when I told my friend, hey, the answer is always no. And we started talking about what do you mean by reading? And his definition of reading was, well, you know, you you skim the important parts, you get the general idea, you read thicker sections, and then you can check off your list that you've read this book. And I was like, (gasps) No, I I can't get on board with that. That's not reading. That's speed reading, maybe skimming. Um, I can be real loosey-goosey on most things, but I'm sorry. I cannot get on board with that. So so I've heard. (laughs) I read every word, like all the front matter, all the back matter. I read. I love all of it. But apparently, but apparently, Erin, this is a legitimate approach. I have. I, we need to know, listeners, how many of into you do this. this a little bit more. Talk to other people. Read yeah. some things, and like people are like, "Yeah, that totally counts." So now nothing no! makes sense. So this is like the cliff notes. No, 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 no. It's not the no? cliff notes because that's someone else reading it for you and skimming it. And oh, you're still holding the you're book. Still and holding you're the just book. Reading. You're still looking through it. You. You're engaging with it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, apparently with some types of books, you can read at that level and it counts. It, part <laughs> it of counts. me, though, is if I like a book, I don't want to read at that level. Right. You know, I, I want to read more deeply. I just, what, what really is in my heart right now is I feel sad <laughs> because. 
because why? Why would you? Well, want I have to, to say I'm going to designate this the um, 15 year old boy um, <laughs> standard of reading books because my children had summer reading this summer, and all summer I was like, "Have you read your books?" Yes, mom, I'm reading my books. Have you read your books? Get to the end of the summer. Have you read your books? Yes, mom, I have read my books. And now two weeks into school, uh, one of my children who may or may not be a 15-year-old boy, is like, <laughs> oh, I can't believe they're asking us all these detailed questions about the book. <laughs> what do they expect us to do? I mean, it's summer reading. <laughs> and I'm like, um, so, son, dear. So he read did you first read the book? and last paragraphs, and that's it. Yeah, I read the book. <laughs> and I'm like, well, what do you mean by reading the book? He's like, I read the book. I said, so do you mean like your eyes glazed over the page and you kind of read some things here and there, but I read the book. He's like, they expect you to know like what happened in the plot and How who the characters they? were. <laughs> and I just can't remember that. And I said, no, see, that that's the thing. I think you can remember. I think you just never read it. So so this is a this is a bigger he question. He held the book yes. and he turned the pages. By some people's standards, he read it, but by his English mm-hmm. teacher's standards. He did not read it. Yeah. So what level of reading are we yeah. talking about? Are we talking about holding it and turning the pages or teacher level understanding? Because this brings up another um, question. Sometimes I will have people ask me, have you read this book? And I will legitimately not know. Because oh, yeah. some stories yeah. and some books have taken on a life outside of the book. And so uh-huh. we think we know the story or we think, oh, yeah, I know that story. I know those characters. I know that plot line. But where did I learn it from? Mm-hmm. Did I learn it from a movie? Was it from popular right. level stuff? Did I read an excerpt? That was another thing that I struggle with is like I've read an excerpt maybe in a literature class, but I don't know if I've actually read the book. And so I get caught. People are like, did you read this or have you read this? And I'm like, I do not know. This episode is brought to you in part by Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries, which prepares Christian women for leadership. At Bow, we believe that every woman is a leader because she influences someone. So, whom do you influence? Do you mentor a woman, serve in the workplace, or do you lead a small group, teach the Bible, or even lead an entire ministry? No matter who or how many you influence, our free online resources will help equip you. Our videos, podcast episodes, and articles from experienced women leaders will encourage you and perfect your leadership skills. They offer wisdom for dealing with ministry pitfalls, current biblical issues, health for your own soul, and insights for shepherding others well. In addition, BOW offers Bible studies designed to connect women of multiple generations. They provide a challenge to both women new to the Bible and those wanting to dig deeper. Be our guest and browse all of our free resources and low-cost Bible studies at beyondordinarywomen.org. I had that experience with uh, Jane Eyre. I I didn't think I had read it, and I thought, oh, I just kind of know the story because I bet I've seen one of the adaptations. And the, there was a newer one that came out maybe a couple years ago, probably been a while now, but I wanted to watch the newer adaptation, and I thought, oh, I should read the book first because you know how it is you should read the book before you go see the movie so I thought oh I'm gonna grab this book and I'm gonna read it 
So I open it up and by about page three, I'm like, oh, this is, I've read this. I, I didn't realize that I had read it. I had no recollection of when in the world would I have read this book. I don't think it was in high school, like assigned reading. Like you just forget because the pieces of a story mm-hmm. become embedded in culture. And you're like, did I read it? Did I read it? I don't know. You don't know if you've seen it. You heard someone else talk about it. You just can't keep up. And so, yes, this is a phenomenon that happens all the time, whether you've read it, watched it, or heard someone else talk about it. And what's even more disorienting is when you think you know the story because you saw an adaptation or you just kind of received it from the larger conversation, and then you go read the book and the book's not like the adaptation. It's not what you thought. Yeah, like there's significant differences. And so this whole time you've been walking around thinking you knew this story yeah, when in reality you you the book it. was radically different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Well, we're going to tackle all of this in our fall series, which I'm so excited about. We have never done a series like this. And so listeners, we do hope you are excited to come along with us as we dive into a story, a novel, a classic even, we're going to read along with Frankenstein and have all kinds of riveting discussions based on it. Yes. So we had between us this conversation about books and how we approach books. And we thought, well, we could talk about all of these different angles, right? But what if we actually did it? What if we actually took a book that people say you're supposed to read and probably a lot of us haven't or a book that we think we know that actually is radically different than the story we think we know and what if we just read through it together and gave ourselves permission to enjoy this book Mm -hmm. and to plot it out and um, kind of process not just the the story itself which we'll be doing but also just have another book to tick off the list and so when people say have you read frankenstein you can say Yes, I have. Because I have not. I haven't either. I have not read it. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you the reason why I haven't. First of all, it was not in my assigned reading in high school. So I did not have to read it in high school. The other reason is my assumption is that it is scary slash creepy slash weird And I am an overly sensitive person when it comes to such things. So I was like, ooh, I don't think I want to be scared. Now, Hannah, I know you've started the book. You're going to have to warn me as I dig into this thing if there are scary parts ahead. (laughs) So I don't know why you haven't read it, but that's why I read it is I thought, ooh, this isn't in my category. But as we've been digging in and preparing, I am very excited and I am ready to put on a brave face. Yes, I think it was probably for me the same reason. I had thought I knew the story of Frankenstein, mm-hmm. thought because I saw all of these cultural motifs and adaptations. Right. And oh, in yeah. my mind, I was like, yeah, that's not my thing. I'm not a big, like, monster science fiction right. like uh-huh halloweenish horror story kind of stuff i don't like that genre so i'm not going to read it but what's mm-hmm. fascinating is that's not the story of frankenstein not really <laughs> that's hilarious um, i cannot wait to have all of this debunked we're going to spend uh, <laughs> more time in the next episode talking about the book itself and the background mm-hmm. and the history but 
But this was considered one of the first science fiction novels, but not necessarily. It's like a proto-science fiction novel um, because it delves into the realm of science, but it's much more within the the romantic novels and it's it's about mm. big existential themes and it's really a fascinating mm-hmm. book and so as far as i've gotten into it i'm really really excited um to be tackling this with you but also with listeners and and i think maybe that's maybe we need to explain what exactly we mean by a read along yes yes so so we are going to have assigned readings it's going to be like class but better and so we're going to break up the book it is a shorter novel so this helps us to be able to read it in smaller chunks over the course of the series but the great thing is even if you cannot read along with us, our discussion is going to be very similar to what we do here on Persuasion. We're going to crack open the elements of the story, but then we're going to talk about what does this tell us about life today and what can we glean from it? Because this is the great thing about classics. These classic books, they hold so much um wisdom and insight and it transcends that time. And so I think that this is another thing that I'm excited about, Hannah, with this book is I feel like we're going to be able to apply some of the the undercurrents and the framework of the story to the the times that we're in. These these are sort of dark, strange, mm. monstrous times. And so I think that we're going to be able to have these discussions, whether you're reading with us or you read it a long time ago and you're not going to read it again or whatever. I, I'm really excited about it. And I think our conversations will lend themselves to um, engagement, whether you're reading or not. Yes, it, it has a staying power. Um, mm-hmm. You know, to your point about classics, and in this respect, it has a staying power in the questions that it's asking, um, questions about life and what you make of it, and the stories we tell to survive our lives, and um, even you know this this sense of where we come from and where we're going, and and I think a lot of those questions have come to the forefront even within the last eighteen months, where we've had to face such um, existential realities about life and death and the limits of our power, and so it, these questions that the novel asks really are timeless, and I'm very mm-hmm. excited to be able to move through the book together. Um, to read a section each week. I think as I was plotting it out, you know, it, it'll be maybe 45 minutes a week reading. Oh, great. Um, so yeah. not not a long time. And we'll do a mm-hmm. summary each time to catch everybody up. And and to your point, we're really looking to, to take those larger themes um, and also spend some time in the novel itself. Mm-hmm. As far as the schedule goes, our next episode, we will talk through the book itself, an intro, talk about the author and the story and the framework. And so for our next episode, there's no reading assignment. So you have time to run out and get your copy and start reading because then two weeks from now, we will have our first discussion on the the first reading. And so we'll get that reading schedule posted along in the show notes so that you see what 
dates which episodes are going to cover which chunks of reading. And that way you can read along and and not get too um, out of step with us in case you want to not have any spoilers for that section so you can keep up with us. Right. And I want to make a point, too, about um, the addition. Because not oh, with right, not right. all this isn't a, an issue with all classics, but with Frankenstein, um, there are actually two editions that you'll find circulating in print, and we are going to be using the eighteen eighteen edition, which is the original edition um, uh, that Mary Shelley first published, and um, we're also I am reading out of the B and H. Um, edition that was released recently. It's part of the classic series that's edited by uh, Karen Swallow Pryor, who if you listen to this podcast, she knows she's a friend of the podcast and we love to have her on um, as we can. And um, that has, she's worked on a set of edited classics for readers that have introductions and discussion questions. And they're beautiful volumes. I'm reading Mm -hmm. out of uh, that copy, B&H. It's a hardback copy, cloth covered. I mean, I I don't get excited about (laughs) books regularly in this way. But I just want to say the experience of reading this book has been delightful. It really has. And and typically, you know, you don't have to get that edition. But for me, reading this particular volume um, has been really enjoyable, not just the, the content, but the experience of the book. Um, so we'll be using that edition as kind of our page for pageation. Um, mm-hmm. We'll have reading schedules for chapters based on chapters. But if you want to follow along with that one, we'll be using that. Uh, for page numbers. And the fun news is that this series, we are partnering with B&H, and they are kindly donating three copies of this volume of Frankenstein with the reading guide that Karen Swallow-Prior has um, edited and put together. And so here's the deal. For a chance to win one of these three copies from B&H, we are asking that you share a post from this intro episode. So share this post out online, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, wherever, and share why you'd like to join the Relong series. But make sure that you you do that today, Tuesday the 14th, because we will pick three people so that B&H can get those copies out to you so that you can have them ready to go and read along. So very excited to partner with them and to be reading along in this beautiful book. And again, those timelines are that a week from today, from the, the release of this episode, um, we will be having an introduction episode that kind of looks at the background of Frankenstein. Um, we're going to give you a little margin to get a hold of your books. Um, and then two weeks from today, the release of this episode, uh, we will start the actual discussion of the text and the larger themes. And again, we want to make sure that we're clear to invite you in regardless of whether you've read or not. Um, this is just an invitation and an opportunity uh, to read along. But we also will be having discussion that you can follow along with regardless. 
Well, I think that really does it for this um, intro episode. We're so excited to um, start this new fall series and do something new. We've never done a read-along or book discussion in this way. We've talked about books before, but never read along and and do a deep dive into the um, the concepts and what we're learning from those themes. So really excited and uh, look forward to kicking it off here next week. And as always, you can find us um, on Twitter at Persuasion CAPC and come and tell us what you think. Like, we want to know. We want this to be a read along where everybody Mm -hmm. is kind of sharing thoughts and ideas and impressions as we go. So you can always find us there. Share this episode for a chance to uh, win a copy of Frankenstein from B&H. You can share it on Twitter or Facebook, Instagram, um, anywhere you find us. And uh, if you are in the Christ and Pop Culture Members Forum, uh, we'll be starting a, th- a thread there um, a, to just kind of log the book and the, and the conversation. Um, and if you're not a member, you can always become a member for um, just $5 a month, which goes to support uh, this conversation, but all of the work that is coming out of Christ and Pop Culture. Persuasion is produced by Jonathan Clausen. We want to give him a shout out and say thanks. And Persuasion is part of the Christ and Pop Culture Podcast Network. You can find all of those shows at ChristandPopCulture.com or search for them in iTunes. And thanks to all of you for listening to Persuasion, and we will catch you next time. You have been listening to Persuasion with Aaron Straza and Hannah Anderson an official production of the Christ and Pop Culture Podcast Network. Please rate and review the show in iTunes and check out our other shows at christandpopculture.com slash network. Theme music by Maiden Name. Name.